0: This is episode number 137 with Girish Mathruth Bhutam of the Founder Podcast. What you
1: need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human
0: who is intent on learning.
1: It's a really fascinating, fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. 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 now, the Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help.
0: hope you're all having a fantastic day wherever you are around the world. My name is Nathan Chan and I am your host coming to you live from hometown, homegrown Melbourne, Australia. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time to share your earbuds with me and uh, listen to this podcast. If you have been listening to, to this podcast for a while, I would love your support by letting a friend know, sharing this podcast with a friend. There's not that many of us entrepreneurs out there and if you think any of your friends could get value from this, it would help me more than you can imagine and please make sure you do subscribe so you don't miss an episode and uh, if you have a second, please do take the time to leave us a five-star review, it helps more than you can imagine. Also, um, before I talk about today's guest, I want to give you a quick little insight on a project we're working on that I'm really pumped about. If you haven't launched your business yet, if you want to start a business, don't know where to start, still in the idea conception phase, make sure you sign up at foundermag.com forward slash e-commerce, working on an awesome solution to help you launch a business if you're struggling right now. All right, now let's talk about today's guest, Girish. Uh, This guy is the founder of a company called Freshdesk. And this company started all from a post on Hacker News and uh, that's what caused him to leave his job, resign from his job and uh, start working on Freshdesk. Now, Freshdesk is a massive company based out of Chennai, India and these guys are absolutely crushing it when it comes to help desk solutions. Uh, these guys are one of the top players in this space, and uh, Girish is a very, very smart founder. We talk marketing strategies, we talk leadership, we talk growth, we talk product, we talk business development, we talk hiring, we talk firing. Uh, so we really did not hold back, and uh, it was a great conversation. Really, really enjoyed this one. A ton of gold for you guys, and uh, there is hope. Uh, this is another founder that I've spoken to recently. That is not based out of the US that did not come from Silicon Valley or San Fran. You can build a massive business and you don't have to be in, you know, the startup capital of the world. So I hope that is refreshing for you guys because uh, I know we have do have listeners all around the world, not just out of San Fran or Silicon Valley. Uh, so there's some incredible founders around the world and Gurish is one of them. All right. That's it from me. Now let's jump into the show. The first question that I ask everyone uh, that comes on Girish is, uh, how did you get your job?
1: So I'll tell you uh, a story that happened uh, in, this is a personal life story. This happened in 2009, but uh, before starting Freshdesk, uh, almost for 10 years, I was working for a company called Zoho. I joined them as a pre-sales engineer in 2001 and I quit in 2010. I was VP of product management. But uh, this story uh, goes a few months before I quit. So I was working in Austin, Texas and then uh, moving back to Chennai, India. And what happened was I was, uh, I'd spent a year and a half working in the US. So I was shipping some of my stuff back home. So I thought, uh, everything should be fine. And uh, two and a half months later, my stuff arrived from the US. And uh, it so happened that my TV, the 40 inch LCD TV that I had bought, uh, actually uh, was broken. So I didn't worry too much about it because I had purchased insurance. So I thought it'd be a pretty straightforward job to contact the company and uh, get the insurance money back. Long story short, uh, five and a half months passed, multiple phone calls, emails. I tried contacting the company through uh, every support channel, and uh, they wouldn't even tell me which insurance company underwrote the insurance. So at one point, I think I was frustrated. I didn't care about the money anymore. I wanted, uh, I would guess, revenge. So I actually went online, and and this was in early 2010. So you have to understand the context where uh, Twitter was in early days. and So people weren't really used to social customer support. So I, I actually... Uh, Posted my experience on an online forum called R2i Club Forum, which is a return to India. People who are returning from the U.S. to India use that forum. That's where I had got the recommendation for the shipping company. So I actually posted my experience along with the pictures of my broken TV, and the community started engaging. The next day, the president of the company came online and apologized, and the next day, money was in my back. Now, the background context to the story is I have built four customer support help desks in my career. And customer support always used to mean a customer trying to contact the company via phone or email and hoping that he would get the proper support from the company. So I think this was something uh, which was a totally different experience for me. Because for the first time, I saw that when I was able to take on the brand in an online forum, the brand was forced to do the right thing. So something, it looked like the ground was shifting in customer support and it was like a paradigm shift where suddenly I was no longer a weak customer or a consumer. I had social power and I started researching and I saw that the same things were happening uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, on YouTube. So I think people, uh, this was starting to happen and I thought as somebody who knows the help desk market, I thought this is time to maybe build a fresh help desk and that's why We call the company Freshdesk, which is basically Freshdesk not only allows you to track customer complaints via phone and email, but also through other social channels, uh, such as Facebook or Twitter and so on. So that's how uh, I got the job.
0: Gotcha. Interesting. Wow, that's an amazing story. So you started the company in 2010?
1: Yeah, I quit in October 2010 and started the company.
0: Got you. And um, you said you've built three other customer uh, support platforms, um, help desk platforms. Uh, can you tell us around your background? So that means, I guess, with Freshdesk, you have an unfair advantage? No.
1: So basically, when I was working with Zoho, I was uh, running the manage engine division of Zoho. So where I built products like manage engine service desk plus, which is a, a IT help desk. Then uh, facilities desk, which is a facilities help desk, and uh, and uh, service desk plus MSP, uh, which is a service desk for managed service provider. So basically, uh, it's it's all help desks, and also another product called uh, support center plus, which is a customer support help desk. So actually, four help desks that I built in the past.
0: Yeah, gotcha. That's so funny you mention um, service desk plus because at my old job before I. I uh, got my new job working at founder and starting the magazine. Um, I used to work in, in it support and at the company that I worked at, they used service desk plus. So they used to be saying, yeah, raise an SDP. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> so, you know, that's awesome. so, so funny. That's crazy. Awesome. So, um, so you started the company in 2010, you started from Chennai. Yes. Awesome. So, so, can you tell us? I guess let's um first of all give our audience some context of how far you've ca- taken the company, traction. You know, on your website, it so says you have 80,000 happy customers. Can you give us some more insight into, into the traction, how many staff, et cetera, et cetera?
1: Yeah, so FreshDisc today uh, has crossed more than 100,000 customers. Uh, so, we have uh, 950 employees as of last count. Uh, uh, spread across five different offices, we have Chennai, uh, San Francisco, London, Sydney, and uh, Berlin. So we have raised uh, around 150 million dollars of venture funding till date uh, from top-tier VC firms like Axel Partners, Tiger Global, uh, Google Capital, and Sequoia.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Interesting. And. um Talk to me about traction, you know, like, uh, was it, uh, was it, was it easy in the early days? Talk to us about the early days.
1: When, when we started in Chennai in 2010, first thing I'll tell you is we did not think uh, we would be VC fundable, uh, because uh, who would fund a help desk, right? So it was a boring uh, domain. That's what we thought. And, uh, we also chose to build a help desk because that's the only domain that I know. So, and we also knew that we could charge customers' money from day one. So, and Chennai is very unlike uh, Silicon Valley uh, or even Bangalore in India, where there is a very little concept of a startup ecosystem. So we don't have all the ecosystem place that you have available today, whether it's uh, shared office spaces like uh, shared workspaces or uh, accelerators, incubators, none of that was there. So even venture capitalists wouldn't want to come Uh, to Chennai because they would have to waste a day to come and meet just one company right so we are our early days where like uh, I would say probably the first year was the toughest we were all happy having fun but uh, our first office was like a a small 700 square foot uh, space which I would think uh, in terms of rent it would have been around 150 dollars 110 to 150 dollars per month uh, rent and uh, so we just painted the walls green and yellow because we couldn't afford any fancy uh, <laughs> uh, uh, in furniture. So we were foolish enough to think that a group of uh, six people can sit in uh, Chennai, India, and build software for the world.
0: Hmm. Interesting. And you, you talk about Chennai. I I actually have been to Chennai. I went to our designer. He's based. He's based out of Bangalore, but he got married in Chennai. And I met him online through Upwork, and he's been design, doing all our branding, all our design. He he does the design for the magazine, and um, I actually went to his wedding in Chennai. I met him for the first time. It was it's it, so it. I'm finding it. I I definitely understand what you mean around. It's not the kind of city you would think. I know Bangalore's you know, very very big startup presence, but wasn't the it's not the kind of city that you would kind of think that um, startups come from. So. I'm curious, what happened next after the first year?
1: What, what happened in the first year was uh, we actually uh, uh, launched the product in nine months. Uh, we were able to get some good uh, uh, viral blog posts. We were able to generate interest from customers to come and sign up. And then we actually got a million-dollar term sheet from Axon Partners. So all of this happened in the first year. So I think that was uh, probably the uh, first time when we actually believed that, okay, somebody external has uh, trusted us with a million dollars, so we have to be on to something. I would probably say there was a a fundamental, a pivotal moment in our uh, journey as a startup happened in December 2011. So we were announcing our Axel funding on December 1st and on December 2nd, uh, we were attacked on Twitter by uh, our competitor uh, for being a ripoff, for having desk in the name. So their name also had desk, and we also had desk. And But as I told you earlier, I have built products uh, with service desk, facilities desk, et cetera. So it's it's very common to have a help desk as a name, uh, having a desk. Hmm. But uh, we were attacked on Twitter for being a ripoff. And uh, so we actually uh, responded with a website called Ripoff or org. so uh, I think you should check it out and uh, so I think uh, that was a phenomenal moment where a large established competitor actually tried to badmouth us on Twitter but then when we responded to this website and exposed uh, how uh, there was a paid blogger who actually uh, attacked us on Twitter and uh, the whole entrepreneur community around the world came up in support of us, the post went viral on Hacker News so we were actually um, like a small, tiny startup against a big-funded competitor, uh, the whole world supported us, and uh, like that was a phenomenal PR moment for us.
0: Gotcha. Okay, awesome. And I'm curious. You talked about you you raised capital from Excel uh, in the first year. How did that come about? Like, when did you start trying to raise? Did you go to San Fran? Like, can you talk to us about that? How that happened?
1: Yeah, so I think uh, if there is uh, one lesson that other startups can learn from us, uh, all of our fundraise has always been inbound interest from investors. So we were never actually uh, seeking investment or actually actively going and getting ourselves introduced. So what happened was uh, when the first time, I think it was in March, uh, when we wrote a blog post that went viral on News about how I quit my uh, well-paying job and started a startup based on a Hacker news comment and so on. So basically, there was inbound interest from multiple VCs. So there were five investors who were talking to us for the first round, and we were able to select Axel because they were uh, really a marquee investor and had a great uh, portfolio. So uh, from that round onwards, every other round, like uh, whenever there was... uh, Need to we always raise money when we didn't need it uh, because there was strong inbound interest. So I think uh, what worked for us was we kept doing remarkable stuff uh, and that got attention in the media and the investors always found us and, and reached out to us and wanted to uh, talk and that worked well for us.
0: Mm, interesting and. What other remarkable stuff did you do to get uh, attention from investors? Because you said you've raised over 100 million in capital.
1: Yeah. No, I think uh, beyond a point, uh, uh, it, it becomes uh, uh, automatic because there aren't uh, that many scaled up uh, SaaS companies in which uh, people can put money in. But I think the early days, um, I didn't tell you about how I quit uh, my company, right? So,
0: mm, uh, okay. so basically,
1: the idea, yeah, the, the idea of uh, Doing a startup uh, or, or the product idea for Freshness came from the TV story. But uh, the actual push to quit my job actually came from an online uh, forum post. So this happened in May 2010. And I was actually, 30. at that time, I was 36 years old uh, with two children in school and I just got a home on mortgage. So it wasn't very ideal to uh, get uh, like quit and start up. So I saw this post on TechCrunch and the Hacker News where the Zendesk, uh, who's one of our biggest competitors today, actually had increased their prices on their existing customers by up to three hundred percent. So I, as I was as I was reading that article, I could see that a lot of customers weren't obviously happy, and they were like uh, they they actually didn't grandfather the price on their existing customers. So it's almost like your cable bill going up three uh, x. So now today, all entrepreneurs know that whenever you're doing a price raise, you have to grandfather your existing customers. But uh, they made that mistake and obviously customers were very, very uh, unhappy and they were complaining on Hacker News and TechCrunch comments. I was just reading this. At that point of time, I hadn't decided to quit. But uh, as I was reading it, I was thinking in my mind, maybe somebody like me who has desk uh, knowledge can actually uh, try competing against them. Because, see, I know that B2B markets are not a winner-take-all market. There's always space for at least three or four good players and i knew that zendesk was an early st- early startup at that time in 2010 like they were also just a two and a half year three year old startup at that time so and i knew that uh, none of the other players were credible enough in the cloud category so i thought somebody like me could potentially that's when the idea started forming in my mind and there was a comment on hacker news which exactly said that statement so it, it said uh, it shows how someone can come in and build the right product at, uh, with the right features and take all of Zendesk customers away. Now, that was like a slap on my face. Uh, so that's when I realized this is my time, meaning I should do it. And I went and asked my friend and co-founder today, uh, Shan, that I have this idea to build a, a SaaS company in customer support. Would you join me? And he said yes, and that's how we started. So this post, I wrote it on a blog post on how, uh, later on, I wrote it on how I uh, simply comment on Hacker News actually made me quit my job and uh, start a startup. So that post went viral. That is how Axel and a few other investors uh, came to me. And then this ripoff or not uh, incident actually got us a lot of inbound interest again. uh, This happened in December. And by mid-December to January, we had like multiple VCs uh, approaching us. So we decided to pick. So we pitched eight VCs in January of 2012. And uh, we accepted uh, uh, money from Tiger Tiger Global.
0: When it comes to, I guess, especially in a place like Chennai, um, you know, what types of people do you need around you to launch and grow a successful startup Fresh like Freshdesk?
1: So if you're asking me about uh, the talent pool, I think every place has got its own pros and cons. So obviously in the Valley or in Bangalore, you may have access to a lot more talent, but competition for the talent is also high. So at Freshdesk, we have always believed that uh, we believe in hiring smart people and uh, uh, letting them learn stuff on the job. So in fact, uh, till our employee number 69, uh, all the programmers that we hired, none of them actually knew Ruby on Rails, even though that was our primary programming language. So we just uh, hired smart programmers and told them to learn Ruby on Rails, which they did in a few weeks and then uh, got started on the job. So, So I think we always have a philosophy of uh, hiring people based on uh, hiring smart people and then trying to find out what their passion and talents are and then mapping them to suitable roles and letting them figure it out, learn and grow.
0: Gotcha. And you said um, that in the early days, you got some good blog posts in Did you have any other notable traction channels or turning points that helped accelerate the growth of the business?
1: I'm trying to think of what were some of the uh, key moments. I think uh, 2013, we launched our uh, new freemium plan. I think uh, uh, freemium was an important part of our uh, strategy. So I think uh, we started seeing a lot of adoption from very small companies where they just wanted to get a help desk up and running. So they got started with a Sprout plan, which is uh, free for three uh, users. So I think that was, I would say, one of the other important things that we did because a lot of people started using uh, Freshdesk and uh, that that became an important uh, vehicle for us to promote the brand. Mm.
0: Interesting because it seems like, you know, a lot of other help desk softwares, they don't do
1: freemium. Yeah, some of them do, some of them don't.
0: Mm. Okay. And um, when it comes to your routine, now you've got a 900-person company. What does it look like now and how has it changed over the years?
1: No, I think uh, uh, I've gotten really, really busy. And uh, I should say right now I'm more running from meeting to meeting. So my calendar is running my day and uh, I don't like that. I'm not very fond of that. But I realized that building a company is like building a product. So you have to really uh, focus on all the aspects of the company. And uh, as the CEO, I have to do that. But uh, I I still miss the old days where I would uh, sit and build product. And uh, I'm trying to do as much as possible even now. Uh, At our time, I'm a product manager who loves to work on uh, UI, UX and uh, discuss core features and stuff like that. So I'm still trying to carve out some time, uh, some of my time to focus on that, but predominantly uh, life has changed to becoming more busy and being driven by meetings.
0: Yeah, I see. And you think eventually you'll be able to step out of that?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm trying to uh, reclaim some of my time. I definitely am trying to slot uh, some time for my own thinking or uh, for product timing. So I'm getting a chief of staff. I I recently got a chief of staff to help uh, uh, offload some of my work. I think uh, uh, those are all things that I'm trying to plan towards uh, reclaiming my time this year. I am sure I will do that.
0: Gotcha. And um, when it comes to leadership of, of a team that large, what what type of leader do you think you are and and uh, what do you do to grow and develop yourself as a leader?
1: I know my style and I know my weaknesses. So I think I am more of an empowering uh, leader, which means I don't micromanage, and I don't actually do regular status checks. So I believe in telling people what needs to be done and then let them go and figure out the how. And uh, basically, my job is to inspire a group of people to accomplish what we want to accomplish together. So that's how I look at my uh, job. It's more of a coach than a manager. So I think uh, sometimes... uh, because I'm not uh, a great project manager who kind of follows up on uh, making sure everything is tracked and done. So I I don't do that at all. So that could be a potential weakness in some areas, but uh, that's who I am. So I I tend to play to my strengths and uh, it's worked well till now.
0: Mm. I'm curious when it comes to building a SaaS company, many of our listeners might be wanting to start a SaaS company, but they don't really know what product
1: idea to choose. What advice would you give? So if, if you look at uh, B2B, right, uh, B2B SaaS, uh, a lot of times you have to understand that uh, the categories are all well-established. Uh, new categories uh, very rarely happen in B2B. The last uh, new category that I know of is uh, marketing automation software. Right? So this category did not exist uh, before 2006. The only thing that existed was Google Analytics and uh, before that, web trends. So, but if you look at, uh, say, CRM or project management or help desk or network monitoring or IT monitoring tools, so, so pretty much uh, the world is divided into business users and IT users, and uh, uh, most of the categories are established. So now, for an entrepreneur, you have to look at Disrupting any of the existing categories. So, for example, uh, you are seeing this again and again. So, we had on-premise customer support software uh, and CRM, the likes of Siebel and uh, uh, say Oracle, right now, and and so on, which uh, Salesforce and Freshdesk and then all the others are disrupting with cloud. Uh, if you look at uh, Intercom, uh, what they are doing is they are actually trying to disrupt phone and email support with a chat-based uh, support. So. Uh, now you are seeing a lot of uh, bots and ML coming in to try to uh, replace the workflow software where humans are involved. So I think uh, it's, it's predominantly the way to look at it is the, the problem categories are already defined. So now you pick something and then see what new technology is available today that can help rethink this entire stuff was delivered. A great example is Uber, right? So when when Apple or Google was making the smartphone, they did not think somebody would come and uh, transform transportation industry. So there was a smartphone which had a GPS and a location tracking, and it was available in everybody's hands. So somebody thought, oh, how cool it would be to push a button and get a car uh, to take you from point A to point B. Like that, if you look at uh, technologies like, say, machine learning today uh, or artificial intelligence, the the Applicability is so wide, so there are uh, people who are actually uh, using it for image recognition to automatically read uh, medical reports and detect problems uh, through computer software. So so I think the way to look at it is look at established categories of a B2B uh, software and then find out what has changed in the technology landscape where we could make a breakthrough improvement in the way things are working today.
0: Mm, that's great advice. Um, Look, we have to work towards wrapping up. I'm curious if you could uh, go back and do things differently in your startup journey, what would that be?
1: One thing that uh, one mistake that we did in, I think, 2014 was uh, we hired more salespeople than engineers. We didn't actually balance the hiring. So we ended up in a situation where the sales wheel was spinning much faster than the uh, engineering wheel. And that's not a good thing. So I think that would probably be something that I would uh, do, like uh, check correct. So I would actually uh, uh, slow down hiring. I would have grown a little bit more balanced and and, uh, a slower fashion. So I think uh, that's something that comes to my mind.
0: Gotcha. And um, when it comes to, I guess, your secret, what's your secret of, uh, I guess this can be open to interpretation, but what's your secret?
1: So uh, I think the the most important uh, secret that I believe is in unlocking the potential of people. So I've seen this work multiple times. So I've always talked about this. And I first read about this in a book called First Break All the Rules. So this talks about understanding the difference between skills, talent, and knowledge. So skills and knowledge, uh, long story short, are teachable, but talent is inherent. So what we try to do at Freshdesk is also what uh, is uh, what I learned from that book is try to understand what is the core talent of the person, uh, and we are talking about basic stuff here, whether it's articulation, whether it's creativity, uh, or uh, let's say public speaking, and and then try to put them in roles which match those talents. So we don't go by academic credentials. So we have like people who have studied mechanical engineering or biotechnology actually. Uh, working as salespeople or marketing people. So, I think uh, that I would say is uh, the biggest secret that we have unlocked, which has worked wonders for us. So, because we fundamentally believe that you can't put in what God intentionally left out, so so we try to find what that uh, something that's special that person has and I try to play to that.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. And I'm curious, how can you find what that person's talented? in or what their talent, true talent is in the interview process?
1: So so we go back in their life and we just have open-ended questions, asking them to really fundamentally describe uh, what they are proud of and what they have done. So we look back at what they've accomplished. And if somebody is passionate about something, it would manifest in uh, some form or other. And you'd be surprised. That it's not a, an academic thing, so if you you have to just go back into their life and and like how you did right now, so uh, just try to highlight the key moments of their life and and look at what they were really proud of and what they've accomplished and and try to see what was in it in them that helped them win there. So and try to see if uh, it all boils down to uh, a few things that they have.
0: Hmm. Okay, awesome. Look. Thank you so much uh, for your time, Girish. Uh, girish, it's, it's been fantastic conversation. Uh, where's the best place people can find you and more about Freshdesk?
1: Thanks, Nathan. Uh, it was uh, great talking to you. And uh, so the best place to find anything about Freshdesk is freshdesk.com. And uh, I'm on Twitter at mrgirish. Uh, that's my Twitter handle. So you can also email me at uh, girish at freshdesk.com.
0: Awesome. All right, well, look, uh, we'll wrap there, but uh, thank you so much for your time, Grish. It's been uh, fantastic.
1: Thanks, Nathan. Nice talking to you.
0: Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content, either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Grena Van Riel,